0: surprisingly, I believe, waiting for your next mistake. I put it work and watch my status escalate. Your get Welcome in to your, the Punt like and, and, and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew butler joined alongside my co-host, Aaron. And this episode of Hunt and Pass is presented to you by our great partners over at Prize Picks. That's right. Are you tired of losing in fantasy sports? Well, times are changing. Now it's just you versus the numbers. Prize picks is the perfect place for you, whether the injury bug has ruined your season long fantasy team or you're a seasoned vet in the daily fantasy space. On prize picks, all you have to do is simply select two, three, or four players and predict if they will go over or under their fantasy projection. And what a weekend to get active on prize picks! It's conference championship week. The playoff race is heating up in the NFL. College basketball is back. There is tons to get into. Over on PrizePix, go to prizepix.com or download the PrizePix app. Use the promo code PUNT and you get a 100% instant deposit match on your first deposit Up to $100, and it is also the last week and weekend of our Punt and Pass Prize Picks Contest. Man, it has been exciting and awesome to watch how many of y'all are playing, and the race is heating up. That's right. It goes until Sunday night at midnight, so you get the college football, you get the NFL action as well, and we are giving away some great prizes. Again, we have an authentic game used number 13 UGA jersey. An authentic game used number 11 UGA jersey and prize picks is thrown in $500 of credit on the app as well. If you first place, you get first pick. Second place gets second pick. And of course, third will get the last remaining awesome prize. So keep playing. Wins matter. It does not matter how much you play. If you win your entry, you get a point. If you lose, it does not go against you. So play a lot, play often. Pick winners, and Aaron and I are going to give you who we think is going to go over or under their fantasy point projection across these awesome college football conference championship games. Sign up today at prizepicks.com or on the Prizepicks app. Again, use the promo code PUNT. You're automatically entered into the contest, and you get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Prize Picks truly is daily fantasy simplified. Stick around later on in the show. Again, Aaron and I are going to give you our best picks. It is a jam-packed show. We got an awesome weekend of college football action to get into. So let's do it. Here we go. Punt and pass. All right, let's do this thing. Punt and pass. Be sure to follow us on social media. We are at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray11. Head on over to puntandpass.com. It's conference championship weekend. Tons going on in the world of college football. Puntandpass.com will keep you locked in on everything that you need to know. It has our picks, of course. It's got all of our social media. It's got where our podcast is distributed, our YouTube page, our blog, our merch store, everything. It is the best website in the world of college football. Head on over to puntandpass.com. Aaron, huge weekend, a lot to talk about. We need to get into the games because we're giving the people seven picks. That's right. We're going to guess all these conference championship games give the people what they want that of course is winners before we do that though let's just touch base on some news that's really been dominating the headlines around college football we'll start with the college football playoff rankings okay they came out tuesday night obviously florida lost to unranked three win at the time lsu they only drop one spot cincinnati stays at number nine Really, the committee is just giving mixed messages about what matters most. What's your takeaways? What's your thoughts? Does it even matter at this point?
1: Oh, it, it's a bunch of bull crap. That's what it is. I mean they, they have failed us. Um Ooh, I I've I like a fan it. Of the playoff, and I, I think this year it's kind of pushed me over the top a little bit about you know, kind of what we've seen from these guys and, and, and their kooky reasonings of why certain teams are or where they are in the rankings. I mean, you can't tell me that a Florida team who just lost to LSU, who had their third string quarterback. Yes. All the receivers have opted out. They're playing at home, lost that football game. I mean, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. They only dropped to number seven. Like, are you serious right now? They're eight and two, two losses. And they're the number 17 in the country right now. It's, it's just frustrating when you see teams like Cincinnati, who I will continue to praise and love on those guys and watch them lose this weekend to Tulsa. <laughs> and then everyone just had to eat my words. But still, as of right now, a and they deserve a shot. Coastal Carolina, let yeah. me know right now, you know those guys—they—they're—they're they're playing great football, and the team. At the end of the day, the committee—all they're doing is saying they're being lazy. I think because they're just looking at, okay, you're a power five team, we're just going to put you in ahead of these other teams. It's just pure laziness. It's pure insanity. Florida does not deserve to be at number seven. Iowa State does not deserve to be at number six. Yep nonsense 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 yeah and it just it's really frustrating i mean shoot put usc in the top 10 for yeah why not i agree with why you not put usc in the top 10 you know I, I think they deserve it over a couple teams are in there at the moment right now so like i said I, i've been a fan of the four teams i think this is it for me though i've, I've hit a wall with it I've seen the other side, and and I'd rather go to six or eight teams in the future.
0: Florida only dropped one spot. And to your point, and like I've been saying for the last three years, the college football committee meetings should be televised. It would be riveting. I don't care if it's four hours long. I don't care if you put it on C-SPAN. I don't care how boring the conversations are. I want to know what the hell is being said in the meeting. Don't trot Gary Barta out there to say his nonsense that then we have to sift through. Okay, and I retweeted an article by Nicole Auerbach at The Athletic. And I know I give Nicole a very hard time because sometimes I just completely disagree with her. But on this specific article, I very much do agree with her. And she brought up some great points because she pointed out just how asinine Barta's quote was – after the rankings were released. And here is what he said. She said, what's the point of playing the games, right? She asked him that. What's the point of playing the games? Ohio State didn't play. Florida played and lost, only dropped a spot. Cincinnati didn't play. She's sitting there going, what is the point of the games? And here was Barta's quote. Quote, Well, the games are important because that's what we evaluate. Certainly, losses are considered and then they're an important part of the evaluation, but so are wins. In Iowa State's case, they beat number ten Oklahoma and they beat number twenty Texas. Both wins and losses and strength of schedules are considered, so the games are obviously important. And she debunks it immediately and says, "Let's talk about wins." Coastal Carolina has two top twenty wins as well, and they are undefeated. The Shaans beat number seventeen BYU, number nineteen Louisiana Lafayette. They have zero losses. You think they'd be back? in the top 10, certainly ahead of somebody like Iowa State. But here's what it comes down to, Aaron, money. And we all know that. If you want more money, maybe think about making it an 18 playoff. I've been on the side of four teams as well. I always say this too. It's fun to talk about it. It's fun to break it down. It's fun to prognosticate what's going to happen. Usually it all works itself out. This specific weekend coming up, With these matchups, maybe just maybe we have some true chaos. I would love for the college football playoff committee to get absolutely torn to shreds and get it wrong for once. Usually they get it right. In this specific situation coming up, they could get it wrong. So we'll see. The games still have to be played. We don't Mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. You can't take it for granted just like we saw last weekend when LSU upset Florida. All right. One more thing I need to ask you about before we jump into these games, and I'll just touch on this real quick. Shame on Vanderbilt. We obviously have tons of Georgia fans listening to our podcast. Shame on Vanderbilt for not playing this weekend. Okay? You played last weekend against Tennessee, clearly signaling that you had gotten your COVID issues under control, clearly signaling that from an injury standpoint, you had the correct number of players on your roster to play another week. Georgia waiting to host their seniors. I think the winningest senior class in Georgia history. Is that correct, Aaron? Host their seniors for senior day, and Vanny just says at the last minute, "Ah, you know what? Nope, we're not going to play. Hashtag defund Vanderbilt. Hashtag this is ridiculous. And I saw some people saying, oh, it's so crazy that people would blame Vanderbilt. You absolutely can blame Vanderbilt. There is no doubt that they just said, huh. We're sick of it. We don't want to play anymore. We're forty-point underdogs going to Athens. No point. We don't have a head coach. We don't have a radio broadcaster. We suck. We're done. That's not how it's supposed to be. Aaron, do you agree with me? Am I crazy? I feel bad for the Georgia seniors. That sucks. Not being able to have Senior Day.
1: Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy. I mean, they just play. The thing is, they just played the a game. I think that's why everyone exactly kind of right now. Like you just played. You're able to make it happen. Yes, you didn't have all the numbers. Uh, that maybe you wanted to, but it's still an opportunity for, for your team to play. It's an opportunity for for Georgia to play. And, you know, it just kind of sucks because everyone's kind of sacrificed so much to make these games happen. And if you're able to play, you should play. Um, so, yes, it, it's senior night's a special night. You know, I remember my senior night and really emotional. Uh, it's a great way to kind Absolutely. of Absolutely. A terrific career and the fact that it's getting taken away. From these Georgia players right now, um, it sucks. It really does. No, no other words to say, but it's really unfortunate for them, especially if the team is able to play. You know, I know they're blaming. I guess their excuse and reasoning is the fact that that, that contact tracing had picked up yeah. since that game, and that's the reason why. I don't know, man. You, you do scratch your head a little bit about what's going on at Vanderbilt overall. I mean, just overall their commitment to football you and I have I've talked about this and discussed before, it's, it's, it's minimal, it really is. They, they could care less about that football program, which is which is such a shame.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, and and I was proud of still athletic director until the end of the year, Greg McGarity. I mean, he said it. He goes, look, they played last week. We were extremely optimistic that we were going to have a football game, and of course that didn't happen. Georgia made valiant efforts. I'm heard they reached out to Iowa. I heard they reached out to a number of other schools, but in the end just couldn't make it happen on short notice. Again, I feel bad. For these seniors, and it brings me into my next topic before we dive into these games, Aaron, I commended Kirby Smart and the Georgia football team a week ago because I think it's very telling. You haven't had many opt-outs at Georgia, if any, at all. You see a team that's gotten better all season long. You see a team that comes prepared to play, that makes the sacrifices needed to stay healthy and get active, On a Saturday, the new trend this year, and I talked about it at the end of Monday's podcast episode, is teams opting out of bowl season. Okay. And and, in Pittsburgh's case, and I think in a lot of these teams' cases, it's being said that the players are the ones that are voting to not play. In the bowl games. Look, I get it, people. Okay. You cannot compare 2020 to any other season in the past with the COVID protocols, with the daily testing, with everything that they have had to go through with the start and stop. I thought Coach Mike Leach at Mississippi State had a fantastic rant about it. Okay. But here is where I have the issue. And I tweeted it out and I got a lot of response on both sides. Okay. You can't say. It's for the best interest of the student athlete's health and safety. You can't say that, okay? Because the same crowd that said at the beginning of the season, we can't play football. It's way too dangerous. Can't do it. Not even possible. That same crowd is saying, well, I applaud these players for saying they don't want to play anymore. I applaud them for looking out for their best interests of health and safety. Hold on a second. No more daily testing. They're traveling home to go see their families. They're no longer having to sacrifice those things in order to play. So the messaging is what really upsets me. The messaging is what really makes me angry because I sit there and I go, you can't have it both ways. As a player, I understand. And here's what I tweeted out, Aaron, okay? You and I were on the Independence Bowl team in 2009. People are tweeting, well, these kids want to be home with their families for Christmas. Obviously, everybody wants to be home with their families for Christmas this year, next year, or last year. You and I, in 2009, woke up on Christmas morning in Shreveport, Louisiana. Beautiful Shreveport. The field was frozen over with ice. I know you remember it, Aaron. It was a full-pats practice. That week was absolutely miserable, but we played. I know that was 11 years ago. I know it's not exactly comparable, but what I'm saying is this teams every year are away from their families at Christmas, but that's what you do when you're a college football player. Am I crazy for having this passionate of a
1: feeling around this? Because I love football. I want these kids to play. Why aren't they playing? No, and then they want to the play, and we've been harping on it from the beginning of the season. Like, this is about the kids, it's about their opportunity to get these games in, to play a season, to get some film on tape for the NFL, uh, just to live their dreams out. So, yes, I I would think the majority of players out there right now, good season, bad season, whatever it is, would love one more opportunity. Would love to get to a bowl game. Would love to get one more opportunity to be with their buddies, to play it before they kind of – every year it's a new roster. It may not be as drastic of a change as what we you and I know in, in the NFL, but – you're losing a good number of guys, uh, a lot of buddies that I don't know. You're never going to play with once again. So this is that final opportunity to be with them, to be with your coaches. It's so true. Uh, before you embark on the 2021 season, so um, I think every game is important. I think in 2020, this year especially, every single game is really important, and you should cherish every single moment. I know, I know. You and I have cherished this entire season, every single game, every absolutely. Single um, so yes, I would have loved to 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 seen it. If I was a player, I would have loved to have one more. I just I'm just going back in 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 my shoes. Obviously, you absolutely, pandemic year. But I guarantee you, if you would have said, "Hey, you get one more opportunity to play a bowl game," I would be like, "Hell yeah,
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> no a, doubt." I
1: want to play football.
0: I'm no football
1: doubt. Player. No that doubt. We too so. It's a shame, man. It really
0: is. I'm glad you said that because you know you and I had trips to Shreveport and Memphis. Not exactly destinations no. on your top list, Christmas and New Year's week. But even if you told me right now, like you just said, Aaron, hey, you guys can go back to Shreveport or Memphis with your team. And go do bowl game week again, I would say absolutely. Because you and I, we've made memories in Shreveport. We can't exactly say them right here on the podcast, but we have memories of Shreveport. We have memories of Memphis. Like, they are good times, and that's what makes college football so special. So maybe I am old. Maybe it is a bad comparison. Maybe, you know, I'm just living back in the glory days. But, Aaron, you hit it nail on the head. When you look back as a 31-year-old married with two kids, you sit there and go, those are the good times, man. That's what you have to relish, even in a pandemic year. Okay, enough of the opinion stuff. Enough of the news headlines, dude. We have an absolutely loaded slate of college football coming up this weekend. I am so fired up about it, and if you are too, you gotta head over to PrizePicks.com, download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code Punt. It gets you a one hundred percent deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. and It's the last weekend of our contest Aaron. the Punt and Pass Prize Picks Contest. It's picking up. It's tight at the top. Top three of course get prizes. So let's go over this board real quick. Fantastic games and some huge numbers because quite frankly in some of these big conference championships it's not exactly expected to be close. Let's start with the Big Ten championship game. Justin Fields Ohio State's quarterback Aaron 32.5 Fantasy points. That is a lot. That's the highest on the board. 32.5. I I, I know. I do
1: think he's going to have to run the football. You know, this is a stingy Northwestern football team. I, you know, when I do doubt fields, he goes out there and does this thing. So I'm going to be on fields' size. I think he has one of those games, too, where he understands that I got to run the football for us to be a little bit more diverse in what we do. I just can't sit back there and drop back and throw it to Olave play after play after play and think that we're going to go up and down the field and score. Listen, they're going to win this game. There's no doubt about it, but I think Justin Fields makes a huge statement. I think Ohio state is looking to make a statement of we belong in the final four. And this is why I think they come out with a yeah. lot of energy. Obviously they're pretty healthy from not playing a lot of football this season. So yes, I think fields gets a rushing touchdown or two. as we've talked about in the past, a quarterback with a rushing touchdown, huge. That's pretty darn sexy. So I think Justin gets it done on the ground. Takes care of the football, and this is one of his you know big opportunities too to continue to show scouts that he's a top five pick in the NFL draft. I mean, let's let's not forget that the one big game Ohio State's really had this year, he threw three picks versus Indiana.
0: Yeah,
1: he understands he has to play better in these big games. Last game he played in I I'd over under yards rushing, so yes, I think he does it with his arm and his legs. This game, I'll take the thirty two points. Yeah,
0: over thirty two point five. I'm there with you as well, Rowdy Bowling, College Football Lines Maker said. Hey, if you have a rushing quarterback, they tend to lean over. Both of us are over Justin Fields, 32.5. Let's head to that ACC championship game. Ian Book, 24 points. Spencer, I mean, excuse me, not Spencer Rattler. Trevor Lawrence, 29 points. Ian Book, 24. Trevor Lawrence,
1: 29. Woo! This is tough. Oh, man. Everything inside me wants to say. I'm going to say under for Trevor. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say under for Trevor. It's a good Notre Dame defense. I know it's a high scoring game that first one. Um, but you know, it's always tougher to, to score points on a team you've already faced. You know, defense kind of knows your tricks a little bit. A lot of film on them. Plus, they've had two weeks to prepare. So I think that 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 bodes well for both defenses. So honestly, I'm, yep. I think I'm gonna go under for both defenses. I think Clemson's pissed off with how many points they gave off that first time. This is a great Clemson defense, a lot healthier too, healthier than that first matchup. Yep. And and I've loved Notre Dame defense all season long. And like I said, the fact that they've had two weeks to prepare for this game.
0: That I think benefits more the defense.
1: Defense than offense. So I would say lower score for both quarterbacks, a little bit more running for E. T. N and and Williams. I
0: like that. Yeah, you would not think that this is gonna be a forty seven to forty game like no. it was earlier this season. All right, then the night game, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. Usually you see Trask up in the 30s with his point projection. He's at 24 and a half. Mac Jones is at 31. I'll just tell you right now, over Mac Jones 31, they are going to air it out on Florida's defense. I think they're going to be able to catch Todd Grantham in some specific situations. I would look for Sarkeesian and Nick Saban and that Alabama offense to take advantage of what they're given. They are so much more explosive than what Florida's seen from a defensive standpoint and offensive standpoint, excuse me, all season long. I'm going to go over 31 for Mac Jones, and I'll go over 24.5 for Kyle Trask. Here's the reason why. I think this game is going to be a blowout on Alabama's side. I think Alabama puts in some backups late in the game. Trask will get trash points at the end of the game, padding his stats. Maybe get a touchdown or two late when they don't matter.
1: I agree. I'll go over with both. Florida's defense is terrible. I think Alabama's going to be able to run the ball early. And what Sark loves to do is run, 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 and then play action pass once you get some one-on-one coverage. So I can see some big explosive plays. I just – Florida's going to get run through, uh, both in the run game and the pass game. I think we can both agree on that one. Uh, They have no shot of slowing down this Alabama offense. Uh, So everyone's going to be getting points there. And and, and exactly what you said about Trask. It's going to be a game where he's going to have to throw the ball 40, 50 times. I mean, similar to what we saw last week versus LSU, Uh, a lot of yards, over 400 He's going to have to do it all. Florida has no ability to run the football. Uh, they haven't had it all year, and they're going against the best offense in the country who's probably going to put up 40-plus points. So if they're going to be able to match it, he better get his arm loose because, like I said, he's going to throw the ball 40, 50 times. So a lot of points for both those guys. Can I make that actually like my lock of the week? Because I think Kyle Trask Your prize pick's sure lock of the 20- week? Okay. 25.
0: Why not? Over 24-and-a-half. Yes, yeah, I agree with you.
1: You have to get over 24-and-a-half. Um, awesome.
0: Awesome. I agree with you. All right. Here's the deal we're going to do these college football conference championship games. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks. Okay. I want three quick picks. I'll tell you which ones. And then we'll break down unusual punt and pass passion, the other four top games of the weekend. We'll start with a quick pick. Friday night, 8 p.m. on Fox. It's the Pac-12 championship game. Oregon is taking on number 13, USC, Aaron. USC is a three-point favorite. This game is in L.A. It's at the Coliseum, which is USC's Home field. Usually, the Pac-12 championship is in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. Of course, no football allowed in Northern California. USC three-point favorite. Are you taking them or are you taking Oregon?
1: <coughs> uh, I'll take USC. Me too. You know, I've been a fan of these guys. Uh, they were my preseason pick uh, to win the Pac-12, so I'm going to stick with those guys to win this game and and with the points too. Um, you know, that offense has been absolutely tremendous with Slovis this year, so I like USC. It'll be a good game. Oregon's a good team. Their head coach just got a nice extension, I think a five-year extension, something like that. Yeah, have you seen his Um, wife? No.
0: Uh, (laughs) He's a good recruiter. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, he outfunded his coverage. Yeah, he certainly
0: did. Now I know why an SEC school was trying to get him. Um, Good for you, Mario Cristobal. I had my doubts about him, but after seeing that picture, I was like, Dan, this seems like a pretty good coach.
1: <laughs> All right, back to the game. Yes. Take USC the points before those okay. listening Googles okay. um, Crystal Ball's wife.
0: Okay, there you go. I'm on the same side as you. I'll take USC. I think there is some distractions with Cristobal flirting with some other teams. Oregon wasn't even supposed to be there. Of course, Washington was slated. They had to back out because of COVID issues. USC minus three Friday night. Big Ten championship game. We'll talk about this one. This is at noon on Fox, Saturday afternoon, number 14, Northwestern against number four, Ohio State. Ohio State has not played in a while. Ohio State is a 21-point favorite. The total here is 57. Look, you know Ohio State has to make a statement. This is their opportunity to show the committee that they are <coughs> one of the best four teams in the nation. But God bless, 21 points. That's a ton. And let me just tell you, give me the 21 Points. That's a ton for a conference championship game. I just think Northwestern can maybe force a turnover, maybe score on special teams, maybe slow this game down a little bit, score late, do something. 21 points is too much. Ohio State, of course, wins the football game. Give me the 21 points, please.
1: Um, I'll go with Ohio State on this one. I really do. I think they come out there, and Justin Fields puts on an absolute clinic in this football game. Northwestern offensively is is just completely trash. Um, I just think they're going to be overwhelmed. I mean, we're talking about a Northwestern team who, like I said, just has not been able to get it done too much offensively this year. They're, they're, they're a team based on defense, and I just have no confidence in 2021 with teams that are based solely on defense. When you're going against a team like Ohio State, that's averaging 46 points a game um, and, and not too shabby on the defense. football. Not the best defense, but I would still take Ohio State's defense over Northwestern's offense, so I'll take Ohio State with the points there.
0: All right, we are on opposite sides there. I like Northwestern. 21's huge. It might get up to 21.5, so just watch after that one. At the same time on ABC, that's right, 12 noon on ABC is the Big 12 championship game. This one, of course, is in Arlington, Texas at Jerry World. Number 10, Oklahoma, against number 6, Iowa State. Oklahoma is a a 5.5-point favorite. Keep in mind, Iowa State beat Oklahoma earlier in the season, and Aaron, how about this? Matt Campbell against the spread, Iowa State's head coach, 5-0 and against mm. Oklahoma against the spread. That's all I have to know. I know Oklahoma State has got, excuse me, uh, Iowa State, golly, I know Oklahoma has gotten better throughout the entire season, Spencer Rattler kind of finding his groove. I like Iowa State here. I, I mean, I think they got the juice to contain Spencer Rattler. So, again, give me the dog. I'll take the five-and-a-half points.
1: I'm with you, too. I mean, just going back to that game versus Texas, um, what was it, Thanksgiving week, Yeah. And I was really impressed by this Iowa State football team. I really was. I thought Texas was going to win that one. And they showed me a lot, both offensively and defensively. Fast forward, they beat West Virginia 42-6. to six. I just think this team, obviously, they, they got it going right now. They're feeling pretty yep. good. They're playing great football. They've had some big wins. They've already been Oklahoma. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Ohio State – Iowa State, excuse me – Uh, could actually win this football game
0: outright. Yeah, there's a lot on the line. Again, going back to what we talked about at the onset of this episode, you just never know what the hell is going to happen on conference championship weekend. So if Iowa State takes care of business, they're sitting at six. Crazier things have happened, but they know that they need to win to have any shot to do anything. So I like them being able to beat Oklahoma twice in one season. That's right. I think they could win this game outright. All right. Quick pick here, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. It's the Sun Belt Championship. Look, this is a top 25 matchup. It's in Myrtle Beach, number 19, Louisiana. That's Billy Napier taking on number 12, Coastal Carolina. That's mm. Jamie Chaldwell. Those two coaches are probably elsewhere next year. Coastal is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. I'm just going to roll with Coastal here. They have looked really good. I know Louisiana Lafayette has been a good story. I know Louisiana Lafayette beat Iowa State earlier in the season. I will take Coastal here at home. I'll lay the three and a half. I think the Shants win a Sun Belt
1: championship. Uh, I'm going to go with the Raging Cajuns in this one. I okay. It was a three-point game early on in the season, and and this is a very unique offense. Um, for Coastal Carolina, it's, it's triple uh, triple option esque, and it's something that's tough to, to to defend. But the fact that they've already seen it, they got film on it. Hopefully, they can defend it a little bit better round two. I'll, I'll go with Louisiana in this one.
0: Love it, love it. Opposite sides, that'll be a good game. That really will that's be a, a good game. game. Uh, maybe yeah. when halftime of the ACC championship game, or if there's a lull, head on over to ESPN and check that Sun Belt championship out. Let's head to the ACC championship game. It's the game of the weekend. There's absolutely no doubt. It's a rematch. Of the game of the year, it's at four p.m. on ABC. This game is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Clemson, number three ranked Clemson, against number two ranked Notre Dame. And Aaron, Notre Dame is a ten and a half point underdog. That's right, Clemson, a ten and a half point favorite. Remember that first game, double overtime, high scoring, no Trevor Lawrence, no a, a couple of defensive starters missing for Clemson. It was in South Bend. It was an unbelievable game. Can I just tell you something right now? Clemson wins this game by two touchdowns. Clemson's going to win this game by two touchdowns. And I really do believe that. Again, I go back to this. The experience of this staff, the experience of this roster, the familiarity with playing inside that stadium, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, the familiarity of preparing for an ACC championship week, the familiarity of knowing what it takes to win this game and get ready for a college football playoff, I think that trumps, with the leadership of Trevor Lawrence and getting those defensive starters back and having two weeks to prepare, like you said when talking about prize picks, I think that trumps having a Notre Dame team that's been undefeated and the confidence that they have knowing they beat these guys before. I like Clemson with two weeks to prepare. I love Brett Venables. I think it's going to be lower scoring. Again, the total here is 60 points. That could be a nice little under there. Um, I like Clemson. I'll lay the 10 and a half.
1: I like Notre Dame in this one. I really do. I think they got over that hurdle of playing in big time games. Love the way they played versus Clemson. I love the way they looked versus North Carolina. I mean, this is one of, you know, Alabama is extremely balanced um extremely balanced football team probably the best obviously they are the best team in the country defensively they've just been 10 times better since that Ole Miss game offensively they're the best I think Notre Dame is probably one of the top five most balanced football teams in America they're good I just have a lot of faith in them defensively I've loved these guys since game one and I think offensively they've just gotten better and better every week Ian Book to me is is just an, a tremendous quarterback tremendous playmaker Williams is a tremendous receiver. I love the way they use their tight ends. I just think overall this is a team that plays well on both sides of the football very solid football team that like I said that have gained a lot of confidence this year by beating Clemson and by beating North Carolina two big games in the ACC. So I think they take that confidence this weekend. I think they make this a really competitive game. I think Clemson wins it, but I don't think they win it by that much. I think it's a, I think it's a touchdown football game.
0: It's going to be an awesome football game. There's yeah. no doubt about it. One of the stories that I, I don't think is getting enough love is Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, who I think might be your age, Aaron, or, or my age. He In is—
1: Notre Dame- DC, who's now the Vanderbilt's head coach, is he, is he staying,
0: correct? I b- I believe so, yes. I, I 100% okay. believe so. He was a finalist or a semifinalist for the Frank Broyles Award, which is— uh, top assistant coach in college football. I was shocked that Tommy Reese wasn't because Notre Dame's offense has been really good all yeah. season long. I would think that they're better than their defense, right? Or would you say Notre Dame's defense carries the team? I mean, Ian. Bookin- I think
1: Notre Dame's defense carries the football team. Gotcha. I, yeah, they're they've had some struggles early on in the season offensively. They've gotten better. I mean, let's go back to that Louisville game. They only put twelve points up on Louisville. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a good. So, point. So
1: you know, offensively, twenty-seven points versus Duke. 12 points versus Louisville. I mean, they've looked good offensively for, I would say, probably 80% of the season, but defensively, I mean, look at them. Every yeah. single game is, you know, seven points Louisville, three points to to Pitt, 13 to Georgia Tech. You know, the, really they gave up points to to Clemson um, and BC a little bit, but other than that, I mean, they shut down UNC to 17 points. So yeah, that's true. This is, to me, one of the better defenses in the country.
0: Yeah, Clark Lee, defensive coordinator, heading to
1: Vanderbilt to be the head
0: coach. That's going to be an awesome game. Aaron's taking the points with Notre Dame, but thinks Clemson's going to win. I think Clemson wins by two touchdowns. Cannot wait to watch that. Quick pick here our favorite conference, the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. It is a game that should have happened last weekend, but we get it for conference championship weekend. 8 p.m. on ABC in Cincinnati, number 23, Tulsa, takes on number nine, Cincinnati. These teams have not played in a while. Cincinnati's a 14 and a half point favorite. Um, what are your thoughts here quickly?
1: I'll take Tulsa with the points. I, yeah, I think Cincinnati wins this game. Tulsa's defense, and you know, talking about defenses, is, is legit. They do, a try, I had a chance to cover them last season and they do such a great job with this, you know, two Tampa cover three style defense. It just really gives offenses a lot of struggles uh, because it looks like you should be able to run on them, but they have all eyes on the backfield and those safeties are heavy, 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 and run support. And once they see pass, they're already in, in pass coverage pretty much. So I love their defense. I think they keep it a little bit closer. Cincinnati wins this game, I think, around more than 10 to 14 points. I like the hook there with those guys. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I am in 100% agreement with you there. You took it right out of my mouth. I'm on Tulsa plus 14 and half. Should about, be a half.
1: Don't forget about the Mountain West now.
0: Talk to me. What's the Mountain West? I think
1: uh, a great game, too. I love Obviously, I covered Boise State last week. Let's let's, let's throw it
0: in there. Boise State for San Jose State.
1: I love San Jose State. All right. Love this team. Great defense. They got Stark on offense. They got some tremendous receivers. I mean, really, really, really good receivers there for San Jose State. I think San Jose State wins this football game.
0: Is that it? Sounds like your lock of the week there. San Jose State plus six I'm and a, a half.
1: I'm going to go lock of the week
0: here. Lock of the week. SJSU six six. plus six and a half. You talked me into it. I'll be on the same side with you there, my man. San Jose State Mountain West Conference Championship against Boise State, catching six and a half. You just heard Aaron. He loves San Jose State, so I'm right there with you. We're both on San Jose State. Plus six and a half. All right, let's wrap this thing up. SEC championship game. Man, what it could have been if Florida just took care of business a week ago. It's at 8 p.m. I love the night kick for this game. Usually it's at 4 p.m. Usually, you know, you don't have this much action, NFL action as well. It's a crazy weekend. There's so much football on. It's awesome. This game is at 8 p.m. on CBS, of course, in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Number one, Alabama. taking on number seven, Florida. Can't believe they're still ranked number seven. Alabama. Is a 17 and a half point favorite. The total here, Aaron, I I want you to tell me the last time a number's been this high in an SEC championship game. The total is 74. 74 Alabama versus Florida. Again, Bama, 17 and a half point favorite. What do you think, man? I'm so. Coach Mullen, I love what he said today. You know, they asked him, Do you guys have a chance to make it into the college football playoff after remaining number seven? He said, I'm not sure right now but we'll revisit it Saturday night after we win. Like, okay, you know, whatever. Keep doing your thing, man. What else would you say in that spot, obviously? So I support him there. I just – I don't see a pathway. I really don't for Florida to keep this game close.
1: Um, 17-and-a-half. That hook
0: is interesting, though.
1: It is interesting, and and you kind of feel like that – some late touchdown at the end of the game that Florida may get. I don't know. I think Alabama wins this game big, 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 big. Um, yes, so do I. Florida, Florida starts off slow. They have. It's just, it's been their thing all year. And I think, you know, Alabama is a team that starts off fast and, and kind of doesn't take the pressure off the entire football game. So I think Alabama just absolutely dominates Florida's defense is trash um florida's offense like i said it's it's been a slow starter i think alabama can jump up to a two point you know two touchdown lead there in the first quarter and kind of just never look back from there so i'll take alabama the points
0: i'm there with you as well latest 17 and a half with alabama i want to ask you this question okay there has been so many different storylines all year long of course it's covid season you don't know who's playing what week you don't know what to expect I think Alabama in 2020, and I cannot believe I'm even saying this, I think Alabama in 2020 is getting the short end of the stick because, quite frankly, this is one of the best college football teams that we've seen in a very long time. I know what LSU did a year ago. I know that. But guess what? When they win Saturday night, no school, no, no team in the history of the game has won 11 straight SEC games. They're going to be 11-0. And there are going to be all-conference games, and they will have boat raced literally everybody they played except Ole Miss. Okay? Think about that. I don't think Coach Saban's getting enough credit for the evolution of the offense. I don't think Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith are getting enough credit for really being – one of the best trifectas in college football that we've ever seen. Bama's defense has gotten so much better as the season has gone on. I do not think this game will be close. Again, I cannot believe I'm saying this. I feel like Alabama's getting the short end of the stick. We gushed over LSU a year ago. Joe Brady, greatest coach ever. You know what? The, the best team ever. Joe Burrow. We we just can, could not say enough about LSU a year ago. What Alabama has done this year is remarkable. It will. Continue Saturday night. I, I, again, I just don't see how Kyle Trask, mostly the defense, I don't see how Florida's defense can slow down Alabama's explosive offense. And I do not see how Florida can win this football game. I'll lay the 17 and a half. Am I crazy for saying that? Like Alabama is not getting enough love?
1: No, you're not. I mean, I'm, I'm with the LSU last year was, was the best team I've seen, the best quarterback play. But I think honestly, right now, the way Alabama's playing defensively, this could be the better team. I mean, LSU struggled all the year. They just – they're able to score 50-something points, and that's why they won football games. Alabama was also able to score 50 points, but they're also holding teams into the teens. So and in an all-SEC schedule, um, man, this, this could be if, – if they run the table and win the route the rest of the season, win the natty – I think this honestly is a better team than what LSU was last yeah, season. Yeah.
0: I mean, dude, I, I totally agree with you there. All right. Your lock of the week. Uh, you won last week. Look, you're 35 and 35. You're clawing your way back. I, on, I, I, I respect it. And we got seven picks this week. So this is the grand finale of weekly picks. I'm 40 and 30. So if I have a big week, you know, that's going to be a serious clip against the spread all season long. You know what my lock of the week is going to be? Huh. I have to go under 74 and a half points in the SEC Championship game. I mean, that is insane. Okay? That is crazy. I could see like a 55 to 17, like literally I think Alabama is going to blow them out, but again, that would be 72. Okay? 72. So, I would be under 74 and a half. So that's my lock of the week, under 74 and a half in the SEC Championship game. What a great weekend we have on deck. Aaron, I know you're about to get on SEC Radio, Sirius XM channel 374. Um, Thanks for pegging me in here, a little punt and pass action, getting ready for an awesome Weekend and listen if you want to get active, you got to go to Prize Picks, download the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code PUNT. If you've been playing in the tournament, keep playing all weekend long. Contest ends Sunday night. We will announce the winners on social and on the podcast next week. Aaron, anything on the way out, my man?
1: No, man, I'm excited heading to the lake. Come on, be just chilling, and um, yeah, it's just great football. I mean, I really love the Pac 12 on Friday night. And then all those games Saturday to me are really, really interesting. So i um, going to have to apologize to Sharon. I'm going to have multiple screens going. Come and, on. Uh, luckily, Grandma can take care of Maddox. She can go for a nice run or something. Uh, she'll be fine.
0: That's the whole point. Awesome. Follow Aaron on social media, at Murray 11 on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. We are at Punt and Pass. Check out puntandpass.com, and we will talk to you next week. See you.